Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. Today, we're featuring Dr. Krista Coombs. She has been in healthcare since 2001. For the first 10 years, she felt like something was missing. She was never quite satisfied just offering one paradigm of health. Even though it was Chinese medicine, her first love, she felt like something was missing. So she started to learn more, especially when she had developed an autoimmune condition. She became certified through the Institute for Functional Medicine and has been providing personalized lifestyle medicine ever since. But this is an interview to listen to. If you're a patient, if you're a practitioner, we talk a lot about burnout, about codependency, also about group visits and how this has catapulted her joy to new levels. You can learn about how she's uncovering her own well-being and health, as well as guiding her patients and clients to elevate theirs. This is an interview you don't want to miss because she shares some behind the scenes thoughts and actions that she does daily to help herself avoid burnout and to continue loving the art of medicine. So welcome to the Catalyst Podcast, Dr. Krista Coombs. Oh boy, we have Dr. Krista Coombs here from Alberta, Canada. I am so thrilled so thrilled because we're going to talk all about making changes. And this practitioner has been one of my favorites because she really does the hard work of making some changes just in her, in her patients, in her community, in herself. And that is what all of us as practitioners are. We're on this upward spiral of growth. And I can't think of any better person to represent that than Dr. Krista. So thank you for being on our podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you, Laura. I have looked forward to this talking to you for quite a while. Oh my goodness. And what I love is you being trained in traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and functional medicine. I mean, you have your hand in a lot of pots and like many practitioners, it's like the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. And it's paralyzing for all of us, right? I mean, you and I've talked about this many times that you get deeper into, you know, a patient's biochemistry or their life history or everything. And you're thinking, boy, wow, there's a lot here. So tell me how you've battled with that feeling of there's a lot to do for patients. Yeah. And their early journey. I mean, I've been doing this for 22 years, but being integrative, I guess for the last 10 and, uh, you get caught in the weeds very quickly. And I used to get really, really overwhelmed. But in the last year, I've really dialed into how easy we can make it. Even as practitioners, we can start focusing on the foundational elements. Most, most patients don't even do that. So if we teach them to do that, there's less weeds. Naturally, the weeds get kind of controlled by, by natural herbicides, basically. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, then then if you were constantly trying to micromanage every little thing, it's fun to look at all the every little thing. Like for a geek nerdy mind like mine, uh, the science is phenomenal. The body is just spectacular. And to play with that is really fun. But when you're dealing with somebody who's suffering, for us getting caught in the weeds and micromanaging, it just it never serves them. So uh, I love the foundational stuff. It's very makes life a lot easier for the patients. That is beautiful, beautiful, beautifully said. You use some of my favorite words, you know, play, fun, sparkly. It's really exciting. And yes, all of us, my favorite practitioners all share that same, uh, you know, just hunch that we love, we could spend all day learning about physiology, right? I mean, if I ask people, what would you do on a free Saturday? I bet nine out of 10 of my favorite people are all going to be in the same class trying to learn about something new, you know, because it's really fascinating. We'll never be done knowing or learning about the body. And it's a really cool place to hang out, but that is our double-edged sword, right? Is like, 
we learn more and suddenly we're going, oh no, I, oh, oh, I can never get everybody on board. And the word micromanage was beautiful. That's a, a very good description of how a lot of these practitioners in integrative and functional medicine turn into is this micromanager of, well, you have to do everything in every certain way. And we got to tweak everything. And, and I mean, all the labs alone, like really. So tell me like, what was your big epiphany? We were like, you know, I got to make this easy, you know, tell me more about that because I was burnt out. And, and that was actually one of the big motivators to work with you. Uh, I was like, why, why is this so hard? Why does this have to be so difficult? I don't think it has to be. And uh, that was a, that's been something I've learned over time, but it was, it was, why does it have to be so hard? Uh, my burnout was, was brutal. And so I, I could be of no help to others if, if I was burnt out and I have my own health issues that I'm dealing with you know, autoimmunity that I've learned to manage quite well, uh, and, and I'm getting better and better at it. The easier I make my life, the the easier it is to manage my own health concerns. And so translating that over to other people, which is a big part of my calling, is has been very fruitful, because okay. more people are learning that they are self-empowered and can handle their own healing journey, and not need to be codependent on a practitioner for very long. That's another favorite word, Dr. Krista, codependent. And it is, it's not out of any shame or malice on the practitioner. We are in a helping profession, which easily lends to codependent patterns of thinking that, well, the patient is going to ask us a question. We must answer it right away. We must give them a full in-depth answer. We must give them everything. And, you know, after a while it burns us all out and thank you also for just talking and bringing that up because a lot of people feel like they can't mention the B word and it happens even in functional and integrative medicine and especially in those areas because there is so much depth. And I visualize us as practitioners, if you've ever rented a charter boat on a vacation, let's say you're in a swamp and there's lots of weeds and you're in this boat and there's alligators in the water, but your guide is in the front of the boat. They're not going to tell you all about the scariness under the water. They're going to direct your attention to things that are above water and they know everything, but they're not going to go into these long diatribes of all the bad stuff that can happen. They're going to guide you to safety and keep it simple because they want you to stay, keep your hands and feet in the boat and let's have a good time. And I feel like that's kind of what we do is we're trying to help patients in easier ways, grasp what they can while being mindful of everything else in the ocean. And so your easy way with Dr. K is one of my favorite little creative births over the last year. And I love that you've been sort of tossing this idea around and then suddenly it's come into fruition in big ways. And I would love for you just to give us an idea of what this all is about and how this is working for you. Well, you know, I came up with the idea the easy way because I was trying to make it easy for myself as a practitioner and to make it easier for really complex patients that I see with especially autoimmune issues and infertility. So I, uh, I was on a vacation. It was around my birthday last year in March and I was turning 50 and I was kind of sad. I was a little bit anxious, I think, about that. And I, I was on the beach it was winter time here in, in, in Alberta. So I was in BC actually, and I was on the beach and I was really sad that I couldn't go kayaking. So I said, well, what am I gonna do? The ice is on the water. It was a really kind of sunny. And so I laid back with my jacket on and I laid back in the sand and I started doing tapping. That EFT, emotional freedom. Beautiful. Yeah. So I started tapping around why I was feeling this discomfort and how could I make this uh, simpler for my life? And I came up with the word easy and I said, I was tapping and I said, well, how can I make easy stand for something and make it useful? And so I came up with the easy way. And I that just, I don't know, I had the big spark after that. And I came home and I started kind of playing around with, because it is, I, I, I love creativity, which is one of the reasons I love you so much in this space is you're so creative. You've just nailed it. And so I have an, an aspect of that in myself and it, it's meaningful to me. So I came home and I started playing with it and I came up with the easy way for weight loss with Dr. K. Now I did uh, do some work with another colleague of mine because I was really struggling with the last 10 years of up and down with weight, but mostly up. And I'd hit my peak weight uh, around that time. And that was very emotional for me because sure. here I am in the healthcare space and I'm trying to help people with, 
you know, thyroid autoimmunities and all these different things and deal with weight in particular. And I couldn't even do it myself. And that was a big factor with me being online. So uh, I was uncomfortable, not look, didn't look like I was walking the talk. Sure, sure, sure. So I worked with her a little bit and all of a sudden something switched in me and I figured out a way that honestly I could deal with people with complex you know, pain and autoimmune conditions who have weight issues and struggled with metabolism, uh, especially in the age range, you know, in the thirties to up to about 70, you know, that metabolic space where we're pretty stressed out. We've got a lot of hormone changes. Our diets have been historically very, very poor, bad habits and, uh, or just unfortunate habits, maybe not bad. And they've kept us living small. So I said, well, I'm going to take this and try it for myself. I lost like 35 pounds super quick. Within eight weeks, I'd lost it and I've maintained that loss. And it has been so freaking easy that I said, how the heck am I not going to share this with everybody? So I started sharing it with some people and I came up with a pilot group and boom, this was born. And so I said, well, wow, (laughs) if this, if I could make it this easy for people with complex, serious illnesses who are ready to be in it to win it, they just need support, then I'm going to try and do that. So I did that and it's worked out really, really well. Oh my goodness. I am just, I'm, yeah, but I am just so, I want to cheer, which I, I know would blow everybody's TM membranes out if I screamed, but it is, you are like the perfect case study of, of using your creative genius. You really are because we do, like you just said that you said, I am creative. It's in there. It's meaningful to me. And all of us are. And the opportunity to play with our creativity is often like we just need permission. We we don't see that it's even useful. Why would you want to be creative in medicine? You know, it does no place for it, but it really does because it saves you from burnout. And you are demonstrating that like you were, you basically went through that whole flow cycle multiple times. You started with struggle, which is the first little phase where you're thinking, gosh, how can I make this easy? What can I do? Or you didn't even have the word easy. How can I make it simple? And you went on vacation, which is a flow trigger, which is grandiose nature. It allows you to be on default mode where your alpha brain waves are popping and you're able to just sort of be on autopilot. Perfect time for creativity because then you came forward with that solution, the easy, and you started to get yourself into flow because you got excited. And isn't that amazing how when you're excited about something, energy comes from nowhere? Like, you know, I mean, we all have the the um, risk of burning out in flow too, but like you're able to now recognize like, okay, I have this anchoring goal. Like I'm creating this program. I'm able to use it. I have proof of concept. I have a pilot group. It's like growing and it's it's so cool that you are just literally living out like what you should be doing is it should be fun for you and and empowering for patients. So I want to speak on behalf of everybody that knows you. This is a big blessing to have this in the universe, your little baby, your project. <laughs> it's still an infant uh, and uh, it's a work in progress, but you know, I've learned that through this process, I'm trying to push myself into my discomfort zone on a regular basis. We always talk about how, you know, we're always in our comfort zone and getting out of it. But I think we need to acknowledge that we need to be in a discomfort zone in order for growth to happen. And so I'm trying to teach myself that and put myself there on purpose on a regular basis so that I grow, you know, <laughs> that's and, awesome. uh, the easy way has allowed me to do that. Uh, I should mention that the easy way stands for E is for anything to do with eating, <clears throat> anything. It could be the immune system. It could be digestion. It could be all the other systems orient together and then they work uh, in, in uh, concert. A is all about activities, mental, physical, and spiritual, which is very layered. And then you have S, which is sleep and rest. And, you know, there's seven forms of rest and there's lots of ways we can dig into sleep. And then Y is about your commitment to self saying yes yesterday. And so if we take all those mindset and uh, physical tools and we start laying out the foundations for them, honestly, you could do anything the easy way because you just have to layer it. You start with the very fundamentals and then you can layer with complexity as you are comfortable with learning more. And I've applied that to my practice. I've applied that to my whole life at home. Just that one tapping opportunity that I did it was incredible and uh and it's been it's been life-changing for a lot of the patients uh, or clients I guess that have been in the group so far we've had people lose like 50 pounds 60 pounds uh, in two rounds it's a four-phase process and 
And everybody says how easy it is once they are once they learn the tools and they just make this different mindset shift that food is for fuel and performance for real. That's really, really what it is for the body. And sure, we attach all kinds of mental concepts to it, emotional, social concepts, and make it fun and for, for entertainment, et cetera. And those are the maybe unfortunate habits that we've developed over time and been trained to do. Once you start on learning a little bit of that and, and being, being really, really, really comfortable with your reason for getting well, that if you don't have that, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have that even for practice, it, you know, it, nothing will work. You're just floundering. So dialing in the why for myself, life-changing this year and teaching people to do that and reaffirm that over and over and over gets them into that discomfort zone so that they eventually hit another, they hit the ceiling of comfort and then they have to go past that again by getting in their discomfort zone. So you hit your ceiling and yes, keep going. Yes, that's, that's brilliant. A, that's a growth mentality, but it can be easy. It doesn't have to be so hard. Oh, and you're also proving that it can be easy with a a team, with a community, with support. And and I love this, all this talk of getting into your discomfort zone. I mean, that growth edge is really where all that growth happens. And you know, it's it, that's that's the thing is you you're circling upward. You know, you you finish the easy way once, you can go back and make a whole new ceiling. I love that you use that metaphor. And you're also helping practitioners understand I mean, you and I are in the same online groups and we'll see all the time. What's your protocol for this? What's your protocol mm -hmm. for that? And it ends up being like another supplement for an ill instead of a pill for an ill. And it's just, and so what do you do for this? What do you do for that? And nobody in their right mind can keep track of all these protocols. Also, there isn't one way to treat something. You and I know we've talked about this. And, and when you dive into the ocean that is integrative and functional medicine and you start to layer in you know, uh, Western, Eastern philosophies, all these things, it's very complicated. And the more you design your own methodology, and I'm speaking to all the practitioners listening to these, like the easy way for Dr. K is, is Dr. Krista Coombs, right? Everybody has their own methodology. Mine is the aha technique, you know, anchor, highlight, activate, you know, but have something that helps your brain get into the groove because the more you use it, then that becomes easier for you and you can outsource your other bandwidth to learn about other things and layer on top. But don't you agree? I think it really helps your brain just kind of stay on top of things to not have to pull from the, the universe and create something new every time. I agree hundred uh, percent. I think that gets overwhelming and then it takes away from the rest of your life. I, you know, I've been having some interesting, I guess, aha moments lately <laughs> <laughs> where I, 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 I've been struggling a little bit with my desire to maybe be outside of myself on a regular basis where I'm serving and I'm like, I'm servant instead of a contributor. And I want to differentiate that in my mind so that I'm not always putting myself last because it's such a, a typical thing for sensitives or empaths in the healing space to say, Oh, I'm, I only get value because I'm helping somebody else feel better. And then that's at the, the expense of myself and my own energy. And, you know, I've had 50 years doing that and uh, it's helped, led me to burnout three times and pretty significant. And it's kept me pretty, playing pretty small. And part of that is, as a practitioner, looking at all those protocols, and you're learning from the greats. We are. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, and you're one of them for me. And we are, we are exposed to this enormous amount of information. I could never, even in my own niche, I could never read all the research papers that are available, all the blog posts, all the everything. So, yeah, coming up with your own creative kind of approach to something, especially foundational things. Is great because as you keep practicing it, it becomes so much easier and you can layer and you can help yourself and you're not burning out and you don't have to be a servant to others. You can be a contributor oh. and a really valuable one. And when people start seeing that you are adding value without your, without destroying yourself, I think that's powerful. And I think they're more, people are more likely to want to work with somebody like that than they are with somebody who's just over giving and over delivering and feeling sick all the time. And, and a pill for every ill, because there isn't a green or a, a prescriptive pill for every ill. That I learned pretty early on in my functional medicine journey. And I think that comes from my TCM background, my Chinese medicine background. I naturally gravitate to, to Western science, I always have, but I love the Eastern concepts of holistic 
interactions between the organ systems and the mind and the spirit. Yes. So uh, it was a really, e I think functional medicine for me has been a lot easier than it is for say somebody in conventional care coming into functional. You just were trained very differently. And, yep. uh, and, and I even find it takes a lot of time to get out of that mindset. So I'm really fortunate that I come from a, I think anyhow, from a, a TCM background because I naturally don't put all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. I don't yes. say everything starts in the gut. I don't, I never say that it, it, because it's an impossibility. And uh, you have to look at all the interrelationships and all the web and, and start kind of finding where the best place is to support. And then the body starts to heal, but the foundations have to be there. But yes, I love right about the protocols. Yeah. I love this. This is so good. And so many things. Um, most importantly that pops out in my head right now is that you kind of summarize the whole issue with, I think a lot of practitioners would agree that are flirting with burnout, let's just say, is we get used to feeling that our worth is in fixing people, right? So we get used to feeling that our worth is how well that person's doing, maybe how many referrals we might get from there. And even if we do the logical work by saying, well, of course not, you know, I'm worthy out, irregardless if they get better or not, the minute that you get praise, it feels good in the brain. You get a little dopamine boost, like, cool, I made someone feel better. But this is that that kind of sinkhole that we can land ourselves in, in this never-ending, oh my gosh, I have to save the world. And like you said, there's no way we can know everything. And Chinese medicine has a much healthier philosophy in the fact that you feel things are energized. Energy is flowing through the body and everybody has unique energy. So how could you possibly have like a single protocol, you know, whereas in conventional medicine, we're very reactive. You know, we don't want to get sued. We want to make sure, you know, it stands up in court. It's such a different way that we design our, well, what's standard of care and what, you know, and that has its place as well. But then when you do the intersection of them, you can't possibly have two people that are alike. And when you've learned yourself that over 50 years, of course, you were helping people, but now you're not putting yourself last because that won't help anybody if if you aren't as filled up as you can be in your own health and mind. So what, what do you do that is exciting to you? How do you rejuvenate? How do you kind of actively recover in your off time? Well, let me preface with saying that I think my superpower is my sensitivity or the empathy that I naturally have. And I think that's a neurological makeup that is not in everybody. I think, uh, you know, it's, there aren't a lot of really true empaths out there. I think there's a lot of sensitives and I think there's a lot of people who just naturally just don't connect like that. Mm -hmm. And so those of us in the healing industry, I think a lot of us, our superpowers are, is the sensitivity. Uh, and for me, it's, been a double-edged sword. I, I, like I said, I overgave. I, I still do sometimes. I have to really pull myself back. But I think I've learned anchoring techniques, and that's a word you use a lot. Uh, but I've learned anchoring techniques, especially in the last year, where I'm, I'm basically running a couple of businesses, you know, and that's more than I was doing before. But I'm healthier than I was, and mm -hmm. I, the only reason I am is because of these anchoring exercises. And so, <clears throat> a lot of that has been spending time in nature. Uh, like you asked, what I, what do I do? That is my place. That's where I fill my cup to overflowing so that it's easy for me to give without destroying myself. Uh, so the more kayaking I could do in the summer, the better. Uh, I feed birds every day. I feed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of birds. And I try to help some of them because some of them are struggling. Mm -hmm. I've saved lots of cats and I've, you know, that's really powerful for me. <clears throat> I'm learning to cycle again. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm learning to cycle again. I haven't cycled in 10 years. Um, and uh, getting out, just breathing fresh air, hugging a tree, all those types of things, they they refill my cup. Taking up piano again, I haven't played since, I, well, I've been playing since I was five, but I hadn't played in about 10 years. And then we bought myself a piano again. And, uh, you know, retraining my, my brain to work a little more creatively again and get my both sides, my brain working together, playing piano and painting again. And, I'm, you know, all these things. Oh. And, I used to think, well, I have this full practice. How the heck can I add in creativity? And if you don't, if you don't make space for that, you can't be a great practitioner. And then oh. the sensitivity piece, uh, be, it can become a true superpower because you are coming from a full cup and you can be 
the wonder doc that you want to be. And it doesn't mean you're solving everybody's cases, but for every N of one, every every individual that you work with, every personalized care, you you must have creativity it, because there, there's no two people alike, like you mentioned. And, and so personalized care for me, that is functional medicine. It, it truly, I think, is. It's not a protocol. It's not, you know, taking a five protocols and saying, I'm going to put that on this one patient. It's saying every person is an N of one. What's missing for them that they just need to kind of work on to get their bodies to, everybody wants to heal. Everybody wants to heal. Even when it's on its deathbed, it truly does want to heal. So if we can get the mindset dialed in and then some of these functional uh, metabolic things happening in better uh, concert, it can be so easy to heal. Oh my goodness. Dr. Krista, I could listen to you for hours because you're just (laughs) spinning gold here. I mean, that piece that you said about creativity is so true. It gets a bad rap, right? You know, like, well, we, we should be exercising our cardiovascular health, but then nobody talks about we should be exercising our right brain. It's like, why, you know, let's just get to work. You know, we've got patients to see, we've got, you know, things to do, but like you're showing, the more you make space for that creativity and space can be five minutes. If you're listening and you're like, I don't know what to do. It can be five minutes of just doodling or five minutes of open free writing, or yeah, five minutes of listening to a favorite song or playlist or getting out in nature, like Dr. Krista does. And those are creative moments that allows your brain non-thinking time just to relax. And you're giving it permission. The more you do that, the more it gets easier, more intuitive, and your brain is smarter because you're pulling from different sides of your brain. You're able to make better decisions and you're able to, you know, really use your, your full being for more energy, which feels so good. Right. I will add that, you know, in my practice years ago, being an empath, I, I I always took on people's stuff, and and I don't near as much as I as as I used to. And I used to get really angry about taking on stuff and then trying sure. to push it away. I don't do that so much anymore. And it took <clears throat> learning how to ground myself. I ground myself before I go in and out of any door. It's just become a habit. And if I ground myself, then I'm a clean slate or I feel like I am every time I meet a new person. I could be going into Walmart and I and I ground myself because it's a door. And that was really powerful for me. And then in my practice, for any practitioners out there, I often will listen to binaural beats on Spotify uh, for focus. And it just helps me really connect to myself and ground in my chair. And I can get paperwork done in record time. I can come up with a really cool ideas for infographics or uh, uh, anything, actually, an idea for a patient, anything when I'm doing that. And I sometimes in the middle of the day might just do a five minute meditation because I just need to reconnect with myself and not lose myself with patient care. So to anybody out there as a sensitive out there, uh, which is most of us in the healing space, Pay attention to the little feelings that are coming up and then get in front of them as fast as possible. The more awareness you have, the more likelihood you can get in front of that and and do something now. It could be tapping. It could be Mm -hmm. giving yourself a hug. It could be having a mantra. It could be any of those things. I do all of those things. I play around with all that. And uh, it has made a tremendous difference this year. Beautiful. And I love how you've provided this buffet of tools. That's the other thing that in in my work with learning with the Flow Research Collective about how the brain works and how beneficial this can be, many practitioners fall into that. Well, which one? What protocol? What do I do? What do I do? You know what? There's a bunch. You can you You can play. Yeah, you play and inviting, you know, your body and your mind to have that permission to feel the feelings, which I love the feelings wheel. If you want to Google that, it's something I use a lot is what is, what is that coming up in me? Where is it living? Is it in my chest? Is it in my neck? Is it anger? Is it feeling rushed or stressed? What is it? You know, and because when you're empathic, you feel everything. I mean, like I get you about the Walmart, you go in and you feel it all. You feel the energy. And it's, it's obviously researched and evidence-based that our nervous systems are attuned to everyone around us. And when you're empathic, it's even higher and louder in your body. So above all, we need to SOS, we need to save our own nervous systems and ground yourself and take those breaths and pause and 
I love that you mentioned taking on other people's energies because it happens to all of us, which is why we concentrate so much in the Catalyst Mentorship about boundaries in a nice, loving way, in a fact that I'm saving myself. It's not that I don't want to care for you, but I can't take on everything and be your life raft, you know, of information. But we're taught to be a life raft. We're mm-hmm. taught that, you know, we are expendable. We are we are there as servants to other people. And, and, and I've really internalized that. I was trained that way by my mother who was a nurse and I I've just been trained by society that's expected. And, and even in the healthcare industry, you know, here in Canada, it's, it's, we think it's free. It's not really. Uh, and for, I'm in a paid for uh, out of pocket type uh, medical practice and people here don't like to pay for things. And uh, yeah, as a rule, and we have this expectation that healthcare should be free. And boy, it didn't, wasn't free for me to learn it. And it hasn't been free for me to learn how to apply it creatively to patients. And so to, you know, that's been a, a big journey as well. Um, and teaching and educating patients about that and myself. But as a, as a sensitive uh, in this world, we're tra- trained to be servants and right. not servants to ourselves. And we've, and it's been really ingrained in me that, uh, I'm selfish if I'm taking care of myself. Right. First. It's yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Patriarchy. Um, not to get on that, but head over to Victoria Albina's episode if you're listening, because we talk all about that. And it's so important, especially if you read um Dr. Emily Nagoski's book, Burnout. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of hers. I've read all her books, and her burnout book is probably my favorite because she even talks about the neuroscience, the difference between male brains and female brains. And just a quick side note, you know, as anybody who's been socialized as a woman in society, you are assumed to be the nurturer, the caregiver, the I'll put myself last. But even in rat brains, they did a study where they stressed out the rats in cages and they slightly altered their their cage enough to make it annoying and kind of chronically stressful, like flashing lights or uh, unpredictable food, you know, withdrawing and, and their cages were tilted a little bit. And it was just all this stress to cause cortisol. And what they found is then when they would test them, when it came like pedal to the metal, they'd dunk them in water and see how long they would swim as a measure of grit and resiliency. And the male rats would would stop swimming. The female rats kept swimming like two to three times longer than the male rats. So then they tried it again and they would repeat the study over and over. And eventually the male rats learned like, okay, I'm going to be dunked in water. I'm just going to stop. So, so they kept swimming shorter and shorter amounts of time. Female rats didn't. They kept going and going because I think it's a primitive thing to feel like we need to keep harmony in the nest and everything. And so what you're experiencing of your own healing, and I'm doing the same work myself, we're bringing it to our patients. We're seeing it in our patients because they see you role modeling it. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's not like you have to give a lesson on this. You're just role modeling. And I can, yeah, I can, I can feel over the year of knowing you longer than that, that, you know, energies are different, you know, just the conversations are different and I'm sure your patients are picking up on it. Oh, guaranteed. I mean, my my whole dynamic in my practice has changed completely. And uh, I will say that a group program is spectacular. Any practitioner out there who's like on the fence about it, like I was, uh, I just thought, oh, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's been fantastic. Tell me what surprised you about it. Tell me, I'd love to hear. I thought it would be a lot of micromanaging. I thought I was going to be asked too much. I thought I was going to be uh, having to personalize care in a, in a coaching model that would not be appropriate. Right. But it hasn't been like that. You're seeing community accountability that has developed, even in, even though my group is still small and it's a, it's a real intimate setting, uh, which I know will change, but you can feel the difference. And what I've noticed as a practitioner leading this group is every post that I, I cultivate, I create for them every day. And we have a week for every letter in easy. So one, every month there's an E week and a week and S week and a Y week with the over hanging idea of, you know, the four phases of the, of the eating style and uh, it's to create balance in the in the body. But I've noticed that when I'm creating these posts, I'm teaching myself. And it's been so remarkable that it's me who's crafting these. I'm writing these email, these, these posts, sorry. And I'm and I'm and you know, it's very just flowing out of me. I don't really overthink it. And then I reread them and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't know I knew that. Oh, I didn't realize I was I was actually 
walking that talk or that's a good reminder for me to remember that oh yes i got to maintain that awareness on this this week it's been powerful and so my health has has definitely up leveled my interactions with patients completely different my tolerance my patience with them my patience with myself my bedside manner all has have evolved and i think getting in the discomfort zone is is the one pivotal choice that i've made on a regular daily basis that has helped me evolve at a faster rate in the last year. I've been marinating in talks from you. Uh, I've had other mentors in the past. Um, I've marinated in books, I've marinated in talks, and I've done the, you know, all the IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine training. I, I do, I do it probably a course almost every week. And I'm marinating in all this stuff, and I've done nothing until suddenly I did something. And it it's never a quick process like that, but it was because I've been, again, standing on the shoulders of giants and finding what works for me. And now I'm teaching myself, which is just crazy to think about. Oh, this is so beautiful. It is really, it's like coming full circle. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that at our hearts, all of us practitioners really want, we treat our patients as if they are part of our family and, and not in a, in a meshed way, but in a very caring, we really want the best for our patients, but it comes at, for some of us raised in homes that may not have had good boundaries or good models on how to be independent. We would worry, uh oh, they're going to suck me dry of energy because that's kind of what it meant in my past. My brain's giving me the alarm bells, but when you design something that feels confident and boundaried and you are in control of your energy, it just keeps getting better and easier. And it sounds like you're enjoying this in a new way that is different than one-on-one -on -one care when that's all you were doing, you know? Well, one-on-one -on -one care is pretty intensive, as you know, and, and there's a lot of expectation that you're going to fix someone. And I don't think anybody's broken enough to be fixed. I don't like the word fix. I think that we are, we could be um, elevated rather than fixed. Ooh, I and, and, I, and I try to teach people how to elevate themselves and to inspire them to do the work because sometimes they're afraid to do the work or they've been trained also to look outside themselves for, yes. for the answers when really, truly the answers are inside. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I love this. I'm trying to guide them to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and I've had to learn how to do it myself. Right. And, right. And I, oh. I will tell you a, a book that you may love that was really pivotal for me is one by Anita Morjani and it's called sensitive is the new strong. Ooh, I love and, book recommendations. Thank you. And it teaches you about this boundary issue with the being sensitive in, in healing arts and that the expectation is that we're, we, we're here just for other people and that it's expected that we should be because they're suffering, we should try to help them. But I honestly believe at this point that we see that suffering in others, which is, I, I have a hard time with suffering. I, mm -hmm. I'm always trying to solve self-suffering and give solutions to suffering for animals other than people and people. And I, it's always at the expense of myself and, um, or historically it has been. And I think it's so that I feel better. Mm -hmm. It's not actually as much about other people or other animals as, as what I used to think it was. And, I, and I've, I'm always looking outside of myself for a way to make myself feel better. And so I'm really coming to terms with that and looking at patient care, client care, coaching, et cetera, through a different lens so that it's, I'm taking care of myself because of my own needs and, and desires and for this life. And then I can then really help other people navigate their own learning and self-care and self-health and elevation, you know, of their life and their body without it being necessary for my own well-being. Oh, that was, that was a huge, big moment for me in the last while. That's, That's what amazing. this program, running this program has done that for me because I've been teaching myself with daily posts that I write up for these people because I'm forced to do that and by choice. And it's been really fun crafting them. I don't know if other people get as much out of them as I do, <laughs> but I, I honestly think what we do in life is for our benefit. Yes. And so, and, oh yeah. yeah I, gosh. I, I like really am in awe because what you're, I feel like we're neighbors. Are we neighbors, Krista? Because like what you're describing 
Is it, it totally? I me too. What you're describing is sort of a recent epiphany I had as a parent of three kids. I mean, two of them are almost fully out of the house, and I'm just late to the game learning that by me helping and solving and fixing, it's really about my discomfort. And the more I could sit in the discomfort that they're gonna make mistakes, they're going to do things their own way, they're going to, you know, spouse, kids, friends, whatever. I then realized, okay, if I can improve my resiliency to sit in that discomfort and be okay with that and know that I'm here as support and I'm here to offer guidance, but ultimately you're running your own ship. And it's like, suddenly it was like a big epiphany that, oh, I can take off all this burden. You know, I'm not having to solve everything. And that's that a must beautiful- free up a lot of space for you. Yeah. Right. And mm. same. I mean, you're, you're, you're in like we do, we love to to help, help people. We don't like suffering, but that's very powerful that you turned it on yourself going, wait a second. It's that I don't like to feel that in me and it's making me uncomfortable. So I'm really helping myself, which is good, but you know, it's like this whole meta thinking about thinking of what we're doing is brilliant. I also think I, we confuse, I think we confuse uh, other people's discomfort with our own and we'll take that yes. on from them. Yes. We could be going into, I don't know, a cafe or something and feeling like super good. And then you overhear somebody's conversation and it's, you know, somebody died or there's been a, a, you know, something traumatic or lots of gossip. And we'll start taking on this uncomfortable feeling and thinking, not thinking that it's from that, but that it's, we think it's our own feelings. Yes. But we take on other people's feelings on a regular basis and we feel everything. So I think that's why I like to be alone so much because I get to um protect myself yeah with with the with the space in between and i'm learning that i don't necessarily have to do that because i'm learning ways to protect myself without being back like without you know huge walls and you know stay away signs and anger and frustration and irritability i'm learning to do it with like a lovingness towards myself and to them and go that's theirs sure i could lead and i can maybe elevate their sense of self even, uh, or energy without them even knowing it just by me elevating my own and keeping that boundary of that's mine and that's theirs, even though we're all connected. And so I don't take it on like I used to. And when you do that, I think with kids, I mean, well, I'm so emotional. It's even more than with patients, I guess. Um, I am not a mom. I'm a fur parent, but I'm not a mom. And, uh, it's gotta be pretty intense when you're connected physically, literally you made them. Sure. And, right. Right. You yes. know, the, the physical connection is more extreme than say yours and I, my connection, because we're not related. Um, but still it's the same premise. Boundaries, yeah. The same boundaries apply. And yeah. once you start releasing that, it doesn't mean that you don't care. And which I think we've been taught that it means you're not, you're not caring and you're selfish and whatever. It means right. you, you do care and that you're allowing them to have their own experience and they always know that mom's there to live by example and to be there for me if I need it. And, right. and I think that's so powerful. It releases so much energy and space for you to no longer be in that discomfort zone and evolve to another level of, of exploration about yourself. That's inevitable. Then it's right. Just, you, just, you just raise the ceiling. Right. And I love, I just love, I had to jump in. I loved your, your uh, just remark about, yeah. And, and I would, I would be alone because that's where it was, it was not intruding on the whole energy. And I feel that girl, I feel that like being the introvert extrovert that I am, I'm very on the line. Like I can have that extroverted energy, but then when it comes back at me, sometimes I want to cushion myself in this silence, this like bubble of I think silence. They call it, that means you're an ambivert. Yes. I'm an ambivert. <laughs> and I feel that though, there's times where the world is just physically too loud. It feels really energetically too loud. And but it's getting less loud the more you learn to manage your own energy and call yourself out and tap yourself out when you're like, okay, I'm done. Thank you. It was a great conversation, party, whatever it is. Um, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do what I need to do to, you know, energize myself again and ground my energy. And um, I just love this conversation. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that's listening, where can they find your easy way program? I want to learn more about the logistics, who, who's a good fit for your program? How can they sign up? I would love to, to learn more. Right now, the easy way is about, uh, the focus is on weight loss, but honestly, it's about elevation of health. And it's a, a weight loss is just one of the, weight management really is just one of the facets that is a, is the fruit of, of the work. So they can find me at uh, my website, theeasyway.ca. 
it even rhymes, <laughs> theeasyway.ca. <laughs> and uh, currently that, that is the only place to find me and they can see everything there. I do have a private Facebook group. Uh, it is invite only currently, uh, but we may be setting up another that is uh, available for people to sort of get their feet wet. And uh, they'll be hearing from me more in video on my AccuPlus Wellness Clinic Facebook page as well. So, and we're starting a The Easy Way University. So. <laughs> oh, so, that's brilliant. Yeah, well, you have a university too, YOU yes. University. Um, but it's called The Easy Way because I'm doing little mini courses, which was inspired by you, to, to help people sort of navigate the very, very, very basics of foundational understanding about their bodies and their mindsets so that it makes it an easy segue to evolve into the Easy Way program. Because the Easy Way program really pushes them. Like it's very fast. It's three months. It's like, it's so life changing. It's been remarkable watching people go through it who didn't even think they could do it. We have people who they had chronic pain. We have one just recently in the last four weeks, RA, she's got rheumatoid arthritis, over 250 pounds, and she's only 5'5. And uh, she's been suffering. She's in her mid perimenopause. So suffering, right? And she couldn't walk across down the hall without huffing and puffing and being out of breath and uh, just chronic pain. And within four weeks, she lost 15, 15 pounds. Yeah, really simply too. And it's just basically an elimination type diet that's appropriate for really just about anybody. We can, we can adapt it for them. And uh, she was, she called me in tears and she's just, I had no idea that I could feel this good. And it's been so easy to continue doing it because of the freedom that it's allowed her to explore the rest of her life without this chronic pain being so severe. And I thought that was pretty powerful. We have a lot of those, even in the oh. small group, a lot of those wins. And I love that. It just, that is awesome. That it is makes my, it makes the, the expenditure of the energy for doing this. I mean, worth it a bazillion times over. That's so we can have the people who are perfect for, fit for the easy way with Dr. K would be anybody who's got a stubborn metabolic issue, which how many of us don't, <laughs> right? You know, anybody with diabetes, anybody with all the autoimmunes, diabetes, because all the, all the diabetes is pretty much autoimmune, uh, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, which is, 95%, 97% of the time it's autoimmune. Anybody with autoimmune diseases, RA, MS, uh, and, and just stubborn weight issues, PCOS uh, for fertility stuff. Uh, really, honestly, anybody with those kind of chronic illnesses, could be men or women. Most of the people that gravitate to work with me tend to be women, but we do have men in the group. And uh, especially husbands that are supporting their wives. It, it, I tell you, a team, what is it? A, the, the team, team makes a dream work. Teamwork makes yes, the dream work. Teamwork, yes, teamwork, yes, yes. And that I happens in your family that. as well, right? Yeah, this sounds so, incredible. I'm going to make sure that we put all those links in the show notes because, you know, just it's only beginning and I cannot even imagine how it's growing already. And I can just sense your energy through the screen, even that this is something that's so exciting and, and effort, but it's effortful, but effortless at the same time. It's like this balance of, yes, it's work, but it's, really exciting work for you and we're all better for it well as a practitioner for anybody out there who's doing this type of work um the struggle is real when it comes to these programs is you're looking for we got that typical social media um abyss i guess looking for likes and comments and whatever to see if what you're doing is having effect but what i've learned is even with my intimate groups is I may not get, you know, 20, 30, 40 likes all the time, but my videos are viewed. I know from interactions with these people, because I meet with them in the first three months, I give them a half hour call twice to keep them on track. So they do get a little bit of work with me and they can up upgrade. Uh, and I'm noticing that even though we're not getting huge uh, social media kind of typical, you know, gold star moments, it is gold star moments. I'm seeing the proof of it because I get to interact with these people behind the scenes. The power, the the pictures, the 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 life, the light bulb moments is is awesome. So don't gauge your success by likes on Facebook. 
<laughs> oh, good. wise words. Definitely. You know, the metrics that we choose to live our life by should be aligned with our values, our anchoring values of what is, you know, not the likes, not Prescani, not anything else, you know, and I love that you're putting all this into action. Thank you it needs so much. To be, it needs to be because I like making posts. It needs to be because yes. the creativity of it is so fun. Yes. If it's not fun, don't do it. Yes. And, yes. and I say that even with your one-on-one practice, if it's, if it, if it, if there isn't more fun than not, I like by a long shot, like, you know, 80, 90% of it is pretty fun. Right. Don't do it. It means that you're, you need to tweak what you're doing because yes, life is short. And uh, if you want to be healing yourself and maintain your boundaries and, and uh, keep yourself sane and just to be of more contribution, I don't like, again, service, I, a contribution. If you want to be more of a contributor, more powerful one, learn to have a lot of fun. And that's why working with you, Laura, is really fun because you try to make things really fun. You try to focus us and make us pivot their thinking all the time, reframe, reframe, reframe on thinking about how can I make this a lot more enjoyable, playful, <clears throat> creative, and, and almost childlike in, in our innocence for something that's so powerfully important to people is the health. It's the only thing that means anything. Wow. Uh, truly. And so I, if you can keep it fun, great. If you feel there's discomfort, that's a symptom that you're out of alignment with your yourself. And uh, that's the most important thing because you lead by example. Oh, Dr. Krista Coombs, those are the wisest words <laughs> I have heard. This is an episode that I'm going to want to re-listen to, you know, over and over again, because you really help everyone feel your journey and your healing and what you do for patients and what you do for yourself. And that is the gift that we need for all caregivers, all healthcare professionals is really taking care of yourself because it's and not don't overthink. Yes. Don't overthink. Just Keep be. it simple. Yes. Just be, find the play, give yourself permission. Make it easy. Make it easy. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Krista, for spending this hour. It has been so much fun and I have been honored to just walk this path with you. And it's been a joy to have you in Catalyst Mentorship in the studio. Your, your wisdom, your caring, and your heart is evident in everything that you do. So thank you for everything. Well, I love you, my friend. You well, are I love you one too. of those mag magnificent people. And I hope you keep your light shining for the, for the world. And everybody's going to find you who needs you. Oh, thank you so much. And I know it's not, not goodbye until next time. We'll be talking soon. And for the listeners, <laughs> thank you again for listening to the Catalyst podcast and check out the show notes to find out the easy way by Dr. K and keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst podcast. As a physician who survived burnout myself by accidentally tapping into my own creative flow state, it is my mission to teach healthcare practitioners the same techniques. And I am glad to announce the first digital subscription box service for integrative and functional practitioners. Yes, you heard me correctly. This is packed every month with new infographic releases, new digital tools, and excerpts, templates, SOPs, and audible recordings from deep inside my Catalyst Mentorship. So if you're a practitioner and you'd like to have some support, but you're not sure you want to splurge all the way into mentorship, this subscription box service is for you. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash links and it will get you there. And keep coloring outside the lines.